Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? It's metal, it's rock and roll, it's dangerous. Nobody threatens Sam, you clearly don't know who you're talking to. I am the danger. Mess with a bull, young man, you'll get the horns. Welcome to the Lion's Pit. I'm your host, Andrew, and my guest for today is Problematic from Everett, uh, Massachusetts. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you having me on and giving me your time, man. Awesome. Why, well, Ed? Vice versa, right here, man. I, honestly, uh, I know I know that a lot of artists are crazy busy trying to keep up, try to try to keep up their thing with uh, recording and stuff like that. So, uh, again, I appreciate it. Uh, so let's just dive in, man. Cool, man. Let's do it. <laughs> so you released, you just recently released, uh, uh, "Welcome to the Slaughterhouse." Yeah, uh, I the first time I I heard of you was was actually getting that that ad uh, through Facebook, nice. and I I gotta say, man, honestly, you're just the kind of rap that I'm that that I try to stay with, uh, just that hard that hard nose, hard hitting kind of rap, uh, no bullshit. Uh, it, it's it's awesome, man. So what was your thoughts, uh, like what was your, your whole idea behind doing Welcome to the Slaughterhouse? Well, um, that track, um, that kind of came about because, all right, so the kid that's on it with me, his name is DK. That's my, he's my hype man. He's one of my best friends and he, he can rap himself. So we decided to like, you know, we grew up as juggalos, um, our whole lives, you know what I mean? So we kind of like, we were listening to like the Riddle Box and like Malenko and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to like strike with a track like that because I love the complexity of like what Insane Clown Posse does. And right. uh, we're not your typical juggalo rappers either. You hear a lot of juggalo rappers and it's like, it's probably like the worst thing that you ever heard in your life. You know so what I'm saying? What, what exactly is juggalo rapping? Um, I consider like, like a lot. All right. So... It's hard to explain because there are some talented, really talented Juggalo rappers, like rappers that I wouldn't say Juggalo rappers, but like rappers that are in the Juggalo scene, like me. I'm a hip hop head. I'm a Boston hip hop head. And um, I just happen to be a Juggalo, but I do shows with fucking, you know, um, you know, people who aren't, you know, that, you know, I've done shows with Sugar Ray and George Clinton and stuff like that who aren't Juggalos, you know what I mean? Right, but like. Right. But then you get those typical kids that paint their face and like, you know, you hear their songs and like the quality is really bad and they don't rap on beat and they're just trying to, they're just trying to fit that mold of what ICP and Twisted and all them already did. That's mm-hmm. already been done. So, but it doesn't hurt to pay homage to that type of uh, genre either. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm majorly influenced by ICP as far as like merchandising and branding. But I'm majorly influenced by Necro as far as hardcore rapping. So I, you know, I, I grew up listening to them nonfiction and stuff, you know, and, you know, we just, you know, we actually rap. Um, we do boom bap. I, I pretty much just do everything. But like the basis of that song was like, I miss that old school ICP sound and like how they, you know, the outro was like a, a newscaster and like the intro was like a crazy voice and like, you know, just staying on topic and giving you a visual of what's going on while you're listening to it. So if you close your eyes and you listen to the song, you can picture what we're talking about. So I wanted to be very conceptual, you know, right. so that's kind of where we came out with that, you know, and, uh, you know, I have to, most of my most of my sales are Juggalos, and I'm a Juggalo too, but like most of my sales and most of my ticket sales, merchandise, they're all Juggalos, so i got to cater to them, and then right. I also, I also got to cater to my hip-hop side of things too, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely, it, it. yeah, if I were to close my eyes, it's definitely, I'd visualize like 
murder, man. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that's that's crazy. Uh, and back to your your uh, your whole ICP thing. Uh, with with your logo, it, it definitely you can definitely see the influence for sure. Uh, I love the I, I love the machetes or the knives uh, behind <laughs> doing the the cross thing. Yeah, man, yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's dope. Uh, definitely, it gives you a thick vibe, you know, like just like. And you know, those guys are good dudes. Uh, Insane Clown Posse, Twisted. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough. Uh, I was, I don't know. Are you familiar with like a lot of ICP stuff? I haven't really. Li- like I've heard a couple of songs, but I haven't really. You you know them just by like. Even if you haven't heard their music, you know who they are, right? So, uh, I've done a I've done a few shows with them in Rhode Island, uh, Massachusetts. I, I played the Gathering of the Juggalos last year in Indiana with them, and what an experience that was! Like crazy, 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 crazy. But they're really good dudes. They they played my music on their uh, on their radio show and stuff, and uh, oh, nice. uh, they're really they're really cool dudes, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so more more about you uh, as an artist with the COVID and everything that's been going on. Uh, what have you been doing to stay uh, to stay relevant? Well, it all starts with your with your health and your mental health first, because being stuck in the house. Is is a, is a son of a bitch. So you know, we um, as an artist, I started with me first. So outside of music, I also work a real job. I work for uh, Samsung. Uh, you know, I, I'm the Samsung rep at Best Buy over here in, in uh, Everett. And okay. uh, being furloughed from there, I got you know I, I was put on unemployment and stuff. So the extra money that they did give us, I put into music. So I have a bunch of unreleased music that um, that's coming out you know, periodically through the year. Um, right. I fell under new management, which uh, this guy leads, shout out to Leeds. He ran the biggest hip hop club in Boston for 15 years. And now that that's closing down, he wanted to go into artist development. Right. And uh, he picked me up as an artist and got me under uh, an engineer named the Archetype, who's a three-time Boston Music Award winner. And, you know, he was like, let's just do the music, let's do the music. But as far as me, uh, you know, I quit smoking weed. I smoked weed for 20 years with fucking backwards blunts. And, you know, and after a while, it just started to kill me. So I uh, I quit smoking that. I switched my diet up. I, I start, I've been boxing for about six years. So I continue with that. Um, mm-hmm. it's been, I've just been writing and, and, and recording. And, uh, you know, we did a lyric video for my last single called Is There a Problem? Um, yeah. You know, and just, just, just trying to stay active and not go crazy. And at the same time, like, you know, this quarantine stuff is hard because I don't know about everybody out there, but I like women and I miss them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, you know, I was like going a little nuts for a little while. So, but, uh, you know, just writing and recording. I got my own little studio here when I'm not at the big studio. I record at the same studio as an MC uh, named Slane. You familiar with Slane? Slane, yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, so we have the same engineer. Slane is a very good guy. Um, we have the same engineer in the same studio that we record at. So, uh, you know, I just try to stay busy and, you know, just keep it moving, you know. like, And then, you know, we dropped Is There a Problem? That did very well. And then we followed up with Welcome to My Slaughterhouse. And, uh, you know, somebody in Romania, this DJ Vlad or whatever, not Vlad TV, but this other guy, um, picked it up, he's spinning it on his radio show in Romania, you hit me up, so I guess it's working out pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, definitely. Uh, so your so your record label is is Fresh Baked? Fresh Baked Music Group is my record label that is- I own. I have, I have three artists under me and, and my label, um, uh, they go by Arachusetts, who's also uh, signed to another label called War Records. Um, 
me and Arachusetts are in a uh, a group called Suicide Squad that's run by Block McLeod from Army of the Pharaohs. Um, and then I got another kid named Mike Invo and Cheese. They go by a group called Official MIC. They're under my label. But me as a, um, besides having my own entity, I'm on a label called Leeds Entertainment and he's my manager. And like, that's, that's where I operate my music. I mean, everything's released under Fresh Bake Music Group, but everything's right. managed through Leeds Entertainment. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. it. It's a big spider web of shit, but it works, you know? It, yeah, it's all, it, it seems like it's a lot of, it, it's it's like a big rap family, man. It's like, yeah, you, a lot like, of every, yeah, you're all all connected, uh, same as like, you know, any other uh, genre, especially the rock, the rock world, uh, it, it's, or metal, sorry, metal, metal world is definitely a very close-knit uh, family as well, so that's that's awesome. You being a uh, a Boston a Boston guy, I can definitely hear your uh, I can hear the the Boston in you. Khan, <laughs> the <laughs> uh, So, uh, and I mean, I'm even I'm even repping the I had to rep the Leafs and I had to rep the Jays. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Especially with uh, the Jays just just starting back up, and and we got hockey coming back, so and yeah, we're not even gonna talk about that hat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom Brady's still the greatest of all time, even though he's on the Bucks. Well, now you've got now you've got uh, 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 Cam Newton. Cam Newton. So see what ha- see what happens there. I got another buddy of mine who's actually from. The Oshawa area, who's a big, uh, big New England uh, Patriots fan as well. So, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Trust, brother. I've seen, I've seen a lot of, uh, here in Oshawa that, that really, that really push for the the Patriots. So, uh, if if I had to pick a team because of my dad, I'd have to go with the Bills. But uh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, yeah, I knew you'd get a kick out of that one though. <laughs> You guys have a Canadian football league. Actually, a kid from uh, a kid from Everett High School. His name is Diamond Ferry. He played for the the Canadian version of the Falcons, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he's from he's from my city. Um, as well as Omar Easy played for uh the Kansas City Chiefs and Everett's a small town, like a small city. Yeah. There's there's a lot of legendary people. Danny Ross. I actually live where I live in this house. Uh, the the guy that lived here before me, his name is Dan Ross. He broke uh, records in the Super Bowl on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah, and I trained with a three-time world champion boxer from Everett, and like, there's a lot of talent in Everett as far as music. Uh, any, you know, my old next-door neighbor plays for the Florida uh, Panthers and the NHL, and like, it's just Everett's Everett's a legendary <laughs> little city, man. You know, that's crazy. What what would be your favorite your favorite tool that really really gets your music out there? Being a human being. Um, when I go to shows, um, you know I perform at uh, you know in New England we have a big spot called the Worcester Palladium, and um, you know a lot of the big acts come here. Uh, you know, and when you do the show, you get on stage, you do your show, you get off. What my routine is this. A lot of kids, they're like, oh, I want to be backstage and this, that, the third, and hang out with the artist. Right. Me, I'm at the merch booth myself. Like, and when I get off stage, the first thing I do is I walk through the, 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 the photo pit and I dap everybody up in the front row, and thank them for being there because they're there first. And then I walk through the crowd and I take pictures, I sign autographs, I talk to people, I hug children, whatever they want me to do. All the way to my merch booth, and I stay at that merch booth all night, and I'm I'm available, and that is the biggest thing. There's people out there who don't even like my music, that not that they don't like it, but they don't really listen to rap or they don't really know my music. That right. like me as a person, so they still support me because they like who I am as a human, and that's the biggest thing. A lot of people want to be behind the scenes all the time. Like I get it, somebody like Eminem and somebody like ICP or. You know, these big artists, you can't walk through the crowd because you get mobbed. But, you know, someone like me that's 
you know, underground that has regional fame and, and people that know me across the country can walk through the crowd and network and, and you're right there and you're face to face with them and it makes them feel good because they're right. like, you know, when I was on the other side of the, the guardrail watching people, I was like, it'd be dope if they pointed me out and said, yo, what up? Da, 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 da. So yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking of those kids like me and, you know, one of my biggest fans in the world, I met her at a show. She's, she just turned 10 years old, eight years old. That's crazy. Yeah, her name That's is Otis. Awesome. Uh, she's uh, her parents are Juggalos. They bring they brought her to the gathering. They bring her to all my shows. Every time she's there, I put her on stage with me, and she just kind of dances in the background. And uh, you know, and I keep in touch with people like her on her birthday. I you know I sent her some money for her birthday, and I Facetimed her and talked to her for a little while. And like, it's just little things like that that people like. They don't get from the bigger artists. So when you're on an underground level of not being a platinum artist like, you know, ICP and stuff like that. Right. You, that's your that's your your job is to be you, you give your life to these people that paid to come see you. So if anybody, any artist out there watching, get off the stage. Don't go backstage because the artists back there don't give a fuck about you. Go out in the crowd. And build your network because those are the people that really matter. You know what I mean? Hundred uh, percent. I think it's really awesome that you connect with with your fans like that. Uh, it, it's it gives you it gives you that humbleness. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I think I think that's a lot of a lot of artists. Uh, they lose touch of that. They lose touch of that when when they get big. So my question to you is, uh, and I know, I know that, I mean, be honest, man, be, be as honest as you can. If, if you, you get to a point where you are, uh, Eminem or, or that, you know, to that level, do you, do you see yourself, um, but like, do you do you see yourself actually still doing that fan engagement? You know, to a point where, like, at like to the same point that you're doing right now. I mean, it's tough to say because like a guy like Eminem or Jay Z or anything, they're selling right. out stadiums. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you know, to get up. They, you know, you don't know who's in the crowd to hurt you. But then at the same time, like, I don't think I'd have bodyguards because um, I just don't. If anybody, nobody's gonna protect me like me. Um, I'm not. I'm not scared to go out in a crowd of people. I've performed in front of ten thousand people and walked through the crowd after performing, and you know, and I know for a fact people out there didn't like me. Like some people didn't like me. That doesn't bother me. If it's if some, if I'm gonna. If I if this if if I'm gonna die or whatever it's gonna happen like you know what I mean right. I'm not scared to go out there but like walking through a crowd say say like Eminem walking through a crowd he probably can't even come out of his house because people yeah. are paparazzi at his front door you know what yeah. I'm saying so that's it's very hard to say I don't want to say yeah I'd walk through the crowd like I didn't give a fuck blah blah blah, blah. right and then get to that level and then be like and go back on my words so I don't know how that would work out. I would try my best. If I couldn't walk through the crowd, I would try my best to respond to everybody that tweeted or Facebooked me or messaged me, or even if it took me my whole life, I would try my best to do what I could to make those people feel just as important as they would as if I walked through the crowd. And, you know, I thank people as I walk through the crowd. They're like, yo, I'm a big fan of you. I'm like, I'm a fan of you. Thank you for coming out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I said it in one of my songs. I said, if there never was a you, there would never be a me. That's so, 100%. You know what I mean? So I would try my best, like as best as I could to accommodate everybody. You know, obviously you can't get to everybody, but I would try my best to, you know, to, to do as best as I could for them, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, um, and I want them to know that if anybody you know, watches this, that, you know, is a fan of me, like I do my best to answer all the messages I get miscellaneous, miscellaneous messages. People send me music all the time. Can you listen to this? Can you listen to this? And I will. And I'm honest. You know, I'll tell them, like, 
if it's if it's good or not, and they get mad at me sometimes. But hey, I'm not gonna tell you, yeah, you're good if you're not. You know what I mean? Because right. this stuff's for everybody. It's more than just making a song. It's it's a lot, man. This 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 industry. I've cried. I've laughed. I've done everything. You know, I've, I've you know, this is the only thing that's ever broken my heart a million times that I kept coming back. You know? Right. So, right. It's a tough industry. <laughs> can appease everybody. So. Right. Uh, it, it's definitely it. It's got its it's got its ups and downs, but at the same time, it's it's a it's a passion. It's a huge passion, and and I think, like you said, that's what keeps coming keeps you coming back for more. You know, you you can you can rip rip my heart. I'm still gonna keep coming back and plugging away. So yeah. I definitely appreciate that as an artist, man. There's nothing like that high you get when you're on stage and there's ten thousand people singing your lyrics, and it's like, oh shit, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they scream at you. I do a routine where I go on the count of three. Everybody, on you scream at the top of your lungs. One, two, three, and everybody screams, and like you can feel it in your body. It's crazy. I was a kid out granted I was a kid who didn't speak in class or you know was very shy and this that the third and like yeah. I broke out of that you know so yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely it's definitely hard uh I I've seen a lot of artists and a lot of bands that uh they're very very introverted but yet at the same time uh when they get on that stage it, it's like when you start doing that music, it's like a whole, it's a whole different, like you're in a different world at that time. So can you take us through a bit of, of one of what your shows would be like? <laughs> uh, <man. laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on the setting. Um, I, like I said, I've done... I do mostly hardcore hip hop shows, uh, but I also have songs put aside for. I do this uh, festival every year called Village Fest, and it's in my hometown. My first year was with George Clinton. It's a family friendly thing. Um, there's kids, grandmothers, everything. So you got to kind of keep it PG. Uh, the second year was with Sugar Ray. My last year was with a, a 90s rock group called Fastball, and then Bob Marley's group, The Whalers. So we, you know, that's like more, my more PG stuff. So you can imagine that, like, you know, family friendly, but a typical problematic show. <laughs> uh, it's problematic. <laughs> very problematic. So I, you know, I, I get on stage, I do my routine, make everybody yell, I perform, I throw water bottles at the crowd, I jump in the crowd. I, um, you know, they mosh pit, they, you know, people get thrown all over the place. Um, you know, pretty much my goal is to make everybody's energy reach its peak. And usually, like, when you're opening a tour for headliners, such as, like, Twisted or ICP or whoever you're um, performing with, um, my goal is to make the headliners show look duller. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I try to set the bar so high that everybody after me has to try harder. And yeah, and the toughest thing about that is like, yeah, they're there to see, um, they're there to see the headliner, but I make sure they don't forget my 20 minutes. Um, for example, uh, for Tech Nine's independent grind tour that came through my, my city, uh, I got on stage. I was the first act. They gave me 10 minutes. Strange is very tough with time. Um, but my 10 minutes overshadowed the other acts that were after me. So when everybody else got on stage, I think it was like Dizzy Wright, uh, Mackenzie, who's Travis's, the owner of Stranger's Daughter. Um, I forget who else was on that. Um, and then Tech Nine. So it was like my set was elevated. Everybody was going crazy. And then the f next few sets were kind of like, eh. And then Tech came on and of course Tech blew the fucking roof off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, my goal is to make sure that they're like, yo, I wish that dude had way more time than he got. You know what I mean? So pretty much I'm throwing water on the crowd, water bottles. I pull people on stage. Uh, people are jumping off the stage. And, <laughs> uh, it's it's mayhem. And uh, 
you know, and that's that's what people like. If you've been to an underground hip hop show, those motherfuckers are crazy. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm I'm a little crazy, but like not like them. These guys sacrifice their bodies by mosh pit. I mosh pit sometimes, but I'm getting too old now. You know. <laughs> I yeah. I I used to I used to go hard. I used to go real hard. And then uh, yeah yeah my my forty my almost forty one year old body can't handle it. Anymore. Yeah. I- I'm 32, so I hear you, bro. I'm, uh, and you know what tends to happen is I'm a big dude, and um, in the in the mosh pit, people tend to try extra hard to try to take me out. I think what what did it for me was the last mosh pit. The last mosh pit I got into was I want to say it was a twisted show, and some kid literally just tried to run up and throw a punch at me, and I'm like, it wasn't even like etiquette. It wasn't like Yo, know, he's just flailing his arms, going crazy. He just ran up and tried to hit me. <laughs> like I said, I boxed and I slipped the punch and I right. laid him out. I laid him out right there in the thing, but I picked him up. Proper etiquette. I picked him up and threw him out of the mosh pit. I didn't want him to get trampled to death. You know, so I was like, all right, people are literally just trying to catch a, a world star video off me or something. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, maybe I shouldn't be out here like that. You know, but I can't help myself when. If certain songs come on, I'm in there, you know what I mean? So Right. Antimonium mayhem, problematic, um, water bottles, bodies flying, um, just security guards telling me I should tone it down a bit and me telling them to fuck off. But you know, that's my show. You know? <laughs> uh so your what was your vision like uh when you first started? as a musician and how has it changed if if it's changed at all uh to this point um when i first started rapping i i always wanted to rap all right so my my goals in life when i first started rapping was to perform at the gathering of the juggalos because i was a hardcore juggalo when i was a kid and to perform in front of my hometown 11 years later i've done that and I've completed my dreams as an MC. Now, my vision changed like, okay, now I want to sell out Foxborough Stadium. You know what I mean? Like where the Patriots play. And that's kind of like where my vision's at now. I want to get to a point, like I go places and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, people always go, are you famous? And I go to some people. I always say to some people I am. Um, I was just in Pennsylvania the other day and um down in the philadelphia area and i went to a supermarket and a kid it's funny he saw my shirt i actually had this shirt on yeah. and he goes oh problematic I was, and he was like that kid's dope and i pulled my mask down and i go thanks buddy and, like, he was, <laughs> you know what i mean i took a picture with him and whatever and uh you know and i never thought it would be like that and now that it's happening i'm like well how can i make that everywhere i go you know what i'm saying like, how can I make it, you know, so I get bigger? But my overall goal from the beginning was to benefit my community. Uh, we do fundraisers. We do um, benefit shows to fill food banks on on, on holidays and uh, fundraisers for Boston Children's Hospital and and stuff like that. That's That was my main goal uh, coming into music was to help the people around me. It was never about being a millionaire. It was never about being overly famous and living in a mansion with 38,000 cars. My goal was, honestly, the biggest the biggest goal I could ever have is having a plaque on the wall at Boston Children's Hospital saying I contributed a million dollars. Like, that would be ideal for me. Fuck a IRAA platinum plaque from selling a million records. Yeah, I'd love that, but half that money would go to the community because let's keep it real. If those people can't afford to feed themselves or anything like that, or can't afford to take care of their kids, they're never going to come to your shows because they can't afford it. You know what I'm saying? So if I can feed people and, and, and help get Christmas gifts for kids that, you know, make a wish kids and stuff like that, that's what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And like, we do that. And, I look at these multi-million dollar rappers and I'm like, you know, 
a lot of them do do things like, you know, um, Jay-Z donates money everywhere, you know, and, and all these big rappers do donate money. But the people that are like underground, underground like me that work a real a regular job and do music and, and, and all that, you don't see many people do that because they're more worried about what they can benefit. If I can go do a show and raise $2,000 for Boston Children's Hospital and walk out there with $0 profit, I'm cool with that because I got, I got a 401k, I got a job, I got, you know what I mean? I'm okay. You know, there's kids out there that are going to die tomorrow that their last wish is to have a Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So that was my overall vision of let me become a millionaire so I can better my city and expand from there. That's like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's where my mindset's at. Buddy, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. It's like, it's like I'm talking to myself right now. Like that's just that I have that same, that I've always had that same mentality, you know, looking out for other people as opposed to looking out for yourself. And I think that's, I think that's honestly, truly, it's amazing. Uh, and and you're just such a modest guy, man. Really, honestly, uh, you're just you're great. I I, appreciate I, that. I wasn't I wasn't sure what I was gonna what what to expect with you because you know you're you've got that that hardness to you. So I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? And I and I I I dig it, man. I dig I dig what you what you do what you do as an artist. Um, so. Obviously, uh, besides besides that stuff and, and helping kids and 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 the fundraisers and, and that stuff, what are you doing when you're not making music? I play a lot of video games. Um, I'm a I'm a collector, so I collect like pop Funko figures and retro video games and stuff like that. Uh, I'm probably with some fucking girls somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I box, I, you know, I like to work out, um, you know, I spend a lot of time at home, honestly, I love video games, and, uh, you know, I, sometimes I just like to go take a walk somewhere, you know what I'm saying, like, and, and just get out and see things, I'm really like a one-on-one person, so if I'm hanging out with people, it's usually just like, I like to be around females, I don't really like to be around males, um, for the simple fact that with dudes, I've noticed that, like, when you're trying to, like, meet new people and meet friends and stuff, a lot of the dudes that meet you, that know your resume, that know who you are, they're just opportunists, and they want to be around you because they want to get on stage, or they want to be like, yo, I'm with Problematic, and, like, name drop, stuff like that. I like to be with, like, a girl, like, one-on-one with a girl, like, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, I have my group of friends already, and, you know, I'm very simple, man. I'm super, super simple. I don't need to be in the clubs. I don't need to be in the bars. I'm not. Right. It's just not me. I put on play. Like if my ideal world would be chilling in my room with, with a little female playing fucking video games or watching movies. You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. But I do. I absolutely love working out. I love boxing. I took up boxing because I do like to fight and I wanted to keep it off the street. So with me being on a softer side of, um, you know, like want to help kids and stuff like that. I have a very dark side to me, which you hear in the Welcome to My Slaughterhouse track. <laughs> I tell people, don't get it fucked up by the smile and me being goofy and this, that, the third. <laughs> I've had to knock a few people out at shows and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and even, you know, even one of the biggest artists in the underground, uh, you know, Juggalo scene uh, caught a caught a glimpse of who the fuck Problematic was at a show. Cause he got- <laughs> You know, and I won't, I won't go into that. I'll say no names, me and him, we are, right, but you know, I, I have that. So there's no in between with me. There's, if I like you, I got your back. I'll fuck with you. I'll make fun of you. We'll have fun. If I don't like you, just stay away from me. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to get in trouble for fighting and stuff like that, you know, and, and that's, that's just who I am. I'm very, very simple. So like video games, working out, women, um, Going out to eat and shit like that, like that's that's more. And I'm a collector. I love collecting. I have so many Pop Funko figures that'll blow your mind. <laughs> you know, awesome. Being uh, 
being being a foodie, uh, if you could eat at only res- one restaurant for the rest of your life, uh, where where would it be? And I love asking I love asking people from the states because I want to go to the states and just just annihilate every place that's been mentioned to me. <laughs> Uh, again, I'm super simple. Um, I have like a top three favorite places to eat. I will say, I'll give you my top five, but I'll give you my, my one that I would probably pick the most. Uh, there's a place in Boston. It's the first pizza joint ever in Boston. It's called Regina's Pizzeria. One of the best pizzas out here. Um, a lot of people talk about New York and, and Chicago, but fuck all that. Regina's in Boston, fire. Uh, Texas Roadhouse, I don't know if y'all have Texas Roadhouse out there, fire. Uh, Fuddruckers, I don't know if y'all have Fuddruckers out there. <laughs> they sell a one pound cheeseburger, bro. Let me tell you something, bro. Fire. Oh, yeah. man. But you know what my favorite place in the world is? And people are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Fucking Burger King, bro. <laughs> yo, I fucking love Burger King, bro. And yo, but if I had to pick like the best place for like all around stuff that I like personally, I mean, I've been around the country. Uh, you know, I would say Texas Roadhouse for being all around for like chicken steak, appetizers, stuff like that. Um, but there's this rib shack down in uh, down in Georgia called Shane's Rib Shack, bro. That shit is so fucking fire, bro. Like <laughs> we did a show down there, bro. That's all we want to do is go back and eat there. So, but I would say Texas Roadhouse and Burger King, two favorite places ever. I told you, simple. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, man. I wouldn't have expected the Burger King. You did have my heart at the pizza. I was like, yeah, okay. Regina's Pizza. All right, we'll, we'll definitely have to. Uh, I mean, I would say I'd hit Burger King, but I've already hit Burger King. <laughs> yeah. If you ever come down to Massachusetts, if you come into Boston, you hit me up, and I'll take oh, you to sure, bro. And it's it's that pizza that you eat that when you bite the cheese stretches and shit. Like it reminds me uh, pizza from like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and shit. Like you know. And it's and then they give you the, the the bread with the oil. I'm Italian, so like all that shit just like I love it. You know, it's 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 bomb. If you ever come to Massachusetts, you let me know. I'll, I'll take you to Fuddruckers, Texas Roadhouse, uh, Regina's, all that. You'll be like, yo, this is fucking bomb. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm down, man. I'm down. Uh, so you mentioned your uh, your Italian. Uh, how has that been? Uh, going back to the COVID nineteen, how has that been? Uh, do you have family uh, that's that's out there right now? Uh, and and how like you know have have you uh, been worried or anything or uh, you know how how's that? Well, I have fam. I, I I believe I have cousins and stuff over in Italy. My right. family came from uh, from Venice and Naples, Italy, uh, when my great grandfather came here. Um, you know, I don't, not too close with my family. Uh, you know, I have people in my family that are millionaires that I've never even talked to. Uh, the Corrado market down in, uh, down in New Jersey, there's a, a marketplace called Corrado's markets. And, um, that's my grandfather's sister. She owns that. She's a multimillionaire. Never met her in my life. Um, mm-hmm. my grandfather, uh, God rest his soul, uh, he was in the mafia. Um, so like, you know, growing up, like seeing him as like one of those guys, like <laughs> I always wanted to be, it, but I knew it wasn't it. You know what I mean? So, right. um, you know, I remember telling my, uh, we had this thing called dare back in school. It was like to keep kids off of drugs and shit. And they were like, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like a crime boss and I fucking failed there. And <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, like, uh, I don't know the family over in Italy. I don't know. I have family in New York. I don't know them. Um, the Jersey family, I don't know. Everybody that I know is here. And I'm very close with very few of, uh, very few. Because right. I have uncles I can't stand. I have cousins I don't like. I just, 
you know what it is? It's like, I have people, you know, there's people in my family that are prejudiced that I don't get along with because I support like equality and I, I stand with the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff. And, uh, we just don't see eye to eye. Um, I have a few All Lives Matter family members that I want to punch in the face. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's a conflict of interest, I guess. I don't know, but like in Boston, I family in Pennsylvania, it's two different worlds, man. You go from mm-hmm. where I live every it's brazilian it's spanish it's asian it's it's everything and and, you know then you go to pennsylvania where some of my family lives and they're in a city of eleven thousand people and ten thousand fucking nine hundred and ninety nine of them are white you know what i'm saying like my aunt who i just went to visit lives a mile and a half down the road from a ku klux klan compound and i'm like and i'm like wow even a couple states away, it's fucking like, you know, not now my aunt and all that they're not associated with them, but like you you see that world that you, you know, and you see them with the you know, the way they are and you know, we drove by it and my father goes, That's the KKK compound and I'm like, No fucking shit, huh? Like, That's crazy. It'll exist, man, and it's like I can't get down with that shit, you know, and like and you 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 know, so I have family that I do love and Mostly my Italian side. My Italian side, I'm close with um, my aunt, right. uh, my aunt Adele, my grandmother, uh, my mother, uh, my sister, her husband. My sister's husband's uh, Puerto Rican. He's from Chelsea, Mass, which is predominantly uh, Puerto Rican and uh, Dominican and stuff. My nephew's Puerto Rican. Um, you know, so just the people that you know are real dear to, like near and dear to me. I don't know anybody else. And at this point in my life, bro, I don't really care to because, you know, I did that whole family search shit and, like, try to find people and talk to them and, and, and they just, like, treat you like you're fucking bum on the street, man. So I was like, yeah, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, right. So right. nobody's ever, nobody in my family outside of the people that I know personally has ever reached out to me or, you know. My, my house burned down 14 years ago and not one of the millionaires or anybody reached out while we were living. Wow. Like, so, you know, now that we're doing all right, it's like we came up on our own. So what the fuck we need them now for, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's, 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 it, sometimes family is the most toxic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it definitely can be, uh, a hard, a hard one. That's for sure. I knew I knew you were gonna I, I knew somehow when we were talking about the Italian family part I knew I knew mafia was gonna come up I knew, <laughs> I knew yeah. somehow it was gonna come up yeah why why didn't you why didn't you go with with mafia in your name it's too cliche man um, <laughs> <laughs> Every everybody in the rap game coming up, they wanted to be the Lucianos, they wanted to be the Gaudis, they wanted to do this. They rapped about doing things like the mafia and stuff like that. But one thing the mafia teaches you is Omerta. Omerta is the code of silence. You don't talk about it. Right. My grandfather my grandfather passed away, so I can say, yeah, he was a wise guy. But I'll never I'll I never knew he never told me like the extent of what he did. I just know what he was in. And, um, and that's another thing. You don't even tell your own family what you do. So growing up, I mean, my, you know, my, my, when my mother got married, her whole wedding was all made men and wise guys and stuff. And like, you know, and that's just the type of, that's how she grew up. I didn't so much see too much of it like she did, but we right. saw some, whenever there was a problem, we called, our grandfather, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and that's just the way it is. And I never wanted to come into the game and be like, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, Maddox Luciano, or, you know what I mean? Like, because. Showing, so, yeah, showing off that style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? Because people talk about it, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, man, like, when you were really about that life and you really do stuff like that, you don't talk about it. I, me, I'm a real dude. And I set it off on somebody, I fight, whatever. And it's funny when you see a lot of these hardcore rappers, um, 
murder rappers, especially when there's a beef or anything, all of a sudden everybody's a regular civilian. Nobody's stabbing or cutting people up, chainsaws and, you know, shooting people. It's the kids like, it's rappers like, um, you know, I know a few rappers that are really about it, about it like that and that really do that stuff. But then there's a big majority of kids that will hat will be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a boss. I'm a Don. Lacosa, no sir. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and then a fight breaks out and they, that first one's to run. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> so I never wanted to come out and be like that because that stuff really existed in my family for generations. And like, I never did that stuff. So I'm not going to come out and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm John Gotti. I'm, I'm, Joe Bonanno, I'm this, I'm that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, shout out to my grandfather though. He went by the name Johnny the Hurricane. Uh, <laughs> passed away uh, about five or six years ago now, but, uh, he was known out here. And, uh, you know, I still go to the North End in Boston and, uh, they know who he is. So, you know, that, but that wasn't my life. I was, uh, I had a good mother. Um, my father and me had a rocky relationship. Uh, I wasn't, it wasn't until like my later teenage years where I started selling like fucking drugs and fighting and stuff like that. We always had a Christmas. My mother always hugged us. Like, it, you know, my father was, it was a little rocky, like I said, but like, I didn't have to live that life to survive. You know, my mother did a really good job. Shout out to her, you know? Mm-hmm. We're still not. Me and my sister both got criminal records. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, sister's a fucking felon. Shout out to her. The fucking psychopath. <laughs> um, so out of uh, out of all your your uh, your music that you've done to this date, uh, what what would you say your uh, your favorite your favorite song is that you've done? That's tough. Um, so it's tough to say without like name dropping and shit, but like, but my first, I'll give you a timeline. My first proudest moment of being a rapper was being featured on a song with Capadonna from Wu Tang when I was 21 years old. That was like, that was like, oh shit, you know, and there's a, there's a producer out there called the White Shadow of Norway. He's the one that put me on the record. Um, he's from Oslo or Oslo, Norway, wherever the fuck that is. Um, and then I'd say, like I said, I grew up on Necro and Ill Billy. Uh, if you know Slane, you know Ill Billy. He's part of the Copa Nostra and uh, nonfiction. So I did a record with him, uh, Big Shug from Gangstar. Doing records with guys like that, you know, um, were big moments, but I think my favorite song that I've ever made, oof, that's tough, <laughs> you know, because I like them all, but I would say, I would say my favorite song I haven't made hasn't come out yet. It's actually coming out to my next single that's dropping. Oh, it's yeah? Called, it's called Who Want It? Uh, it's a very uh, aggressive, uh, very hype song, and uh, I really like it. It gives you that like mosh pit feel, but I think it's for production wise, engineering wise, lyric wise. I talk a lot of shit in the song. I talk about making my idols my rivals, and like you know, going toe to toe with people that you grew up on and stuff. It's it's a real it's real militant, and I really like it. Um, I can't wait to drop it. I'll make sure I send it to you personally. But um, I, I would say that one's probably my favorite one that I've made yet. But then again, next week I could be like, yeah, my song fucking Rockstar <laughs> that I made a long time ago is my favorite, you know. But right now, I'd say that, yeah, that's one of my favorites, you know. I mean, I have a favorite song that I've done that it got, that nobody even knows if it's even out. It's, it's a feature record I did with my boy Cheese. It's called Two Sides, and it's such a dope song. Like, and I've done songs with Block McLeod. Like, I have a song with Block called No Hope, and it's like talking about everything that's going on today. And I released it last year. And I talk about mm. kids. I talk about kids getting murdered because the you know the pigment of their skin. I talk about 
you know, uh, whoever speaks truth gets killed, like JFK, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, stuff like that. And like, who knew it would be so relevant today? You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. There's plenty of songs, you know. And I'm a big fan too, man. I listen to music all day long. You know what I mean? So, with that being said, your biggest influence album. Like the. the the album that influenced me the most? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's another tough one. Um, well, off the rip, I mean, uh, Supreme Clientele by Ghostface Killer. I love Ghostface Killer. Um, he's in my top five favorite rappers. But uh, this is a rant. People are going to be like, what? Exhibit Restless. That album, that had that song, Get Your Walk On, Front to Back, X, all that. That was like my high school years when I, before I really, I started rapping when I was 12, but professionally since I was 18. So right. in between 12 and 18, Wu-Tang Triumph, I was the only kid in fourth, I mean, Wu-Tang Forever, the only kid in fourth grade that had a Wu-Tang album. People listening to Leanne Rhymes and shit, I'm listening to Wu-Tang. And uh, <laughs> I would say Exhibit Restless, that album, Mob Deep, um, Mob Deep murder music, stuff like that. Big, big influences on me. But I, yeah, I would say Ghostface Supreme Clientele still inspires me to this day. I definitely hear all of that in your music. <laughs> I yeah. really, honestly, like the, especially, especially the backbeats, you, you can definitely hear that, that influence and that style. Like, like we were saying off the top, the, that hard hitting in your face it's like and I it, not a lot of artists in the hip hop world are doing it the way the way that's been done so uh, Welcome to the Slaughterhouse ripped me so quick was because I was like yo like as soon as I can start bobbing my head and it's I get that feel I'm like yeah okay that's it that's um, That's how I felt about so, the beat. When I heard the beat, yeah. I was like, this sounds like something you get killed to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, and at first, four other artists, and DK is on my label too, uh, all of us together as a group with Block McLeod singing the hook. That was the original format. And then I said to myself, I was like, well, I'm going to have six motherfuckers on the track. I'm just going to cut it down to two. And my buddy DK, he's a juggalo, so I kept him. And he, you know, he even referenced, like, when he said in the first verse, blood, guts, fingers, and toes, sitting fresh baked at the horror show. Um, you know, that was a that was a, a line that from ICP. When ICP was like, blood, guts, fingers, and toes, sitting front row at the chicken show. So that, that, that was like a paying homage type of thing, so it worked. Um, but, yeah, the, when I heard that beat, I was like, yeah, this is, that's the type of stuff I like. You know what I mean? But if you go back and listen to the single before that called Is There a Problem? And then you go listen to something like Necro. Necro's real hardcore, like, punch you in the face music. Um, you'll hear that. And I'm just, whatever I feel at the time. I make mainstream records. I make art. I can make, I have people singing R&B hooks on my records. And I did that purposely from the beginning because so if I do put out a record that's out of the ordinary, like, not like a punch you in the face record. People aren't going to be like, oh, you're clout chasing. Nah, that's just how it been from the beginning. You know what I mean? Because most people will do that lyrical, miracle, spiritual shit. And then down the road, they figure out, oh, damn, that doesn't work anymore. Now let me try to go do uh, pop rap or trap rap, or, which I have no problem with. I do trap beats too. You know what I mean? Like, But they'll go and switch their whole style to try to make it. And that's when you're just like, well, I thought that was whack. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, you know, right. that's just, yeah, so. I'm glad you like it. I like that record. <laughs> if, uh, if you could describe yourself in five words, like five descriptive words, what would they be? I can describe myself in one word. <laughs> Problematic. <laughs> Um, if I had to do five, I would say, I you talking like as a rapper or as a human? I mean, I'm the same person on and off stage. Um, 
So, like, about me, I have two sides to me. Well, me, my name is Matthew. I have one side of me. If you notice, this side of my beard is regular, right? Regular lineup. This side of my beard got a design in it, but it represents the crazy side of me. So there's two sides of me. That's my whole thing. People go, why do you always have a design on one side of your beard? This is the problematic side. This is the normal side. You know what I mean? <laughs> no in between. Um, I would say uh, charismatic, um, caring, aggressive, uh, problematic, and passionate. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. you know, but, you know, one word, problematic. Problematic. Yeah, I'm problematic to everything. You want to know where I got the name now that we're on the subject? You're going to laugh. <laughs> so I was sitting there. I used to go by a name called a name Big Shot. Uh, this was years ago. Um, I used to roll with like uh, a team called Show Off with that Static Selectors label. And I used to be tight with like terminology and all those dudes. And I used to go with, I'm in a terminology video and stuff. And like when I was really young, and I went by Big Shot. And then I had a falling out with uh, the kid that I was tight with. And, um, you know, I kind of wanted to get rid of that that name because it kind of attached to that part of my life. So I remember for years, I'd sit there and be like, what can I name myself? And I remember I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time and we were sitting in the kitchen and we were arguing. And she goes, you know what, dude? She goes, you're so problematic to this relationship. Like, I can't even do it anymore. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, problematic. And I was like, really? Problematic? And Because my name in real life is M-A-T-T, Matt. And my last name is Kistar, which is German. All I did was flip the I and the K, and I got Matic. So my, my last name is spelled K-I. So I flipped that, and I was like, problematic. I was like, yo, you fucking did it. And she's like, <laughs> what did I do? And I was like, I fucking love you. I was like, that's my name. Problematic. And I, I wrote it on a piece of paper and I showed it to her and she goes, only you would get a fucking rap name out of me arguing with you. <laughs> I was like, however it's gotta be, that's what the fuck it is. I'm problematic. And I was like, that's ever since then. And you know what? A name is huge. Because Big Shot, there's so many, there was another kid named Big Shot out there that spelled it different, but there was another one out there. He passed away, uh, you know, God rest his soul. Um, but it just had the stigma to it, like, oh, you're, what do you think, you're a big shot, you're this, you're that. Like, people just didn't like it. It didn't roll off the tongue as, as good as problematic. So when I changed running into problematic, my career took off to better levels and stuff. And now people got tattoos of my autograph on them and shit, say Matic on their arm and stuff like that. And I'm like... It just, it's a better name. It's easier to be branded. It, it, it sounds better on track. Yo, it's Big Shot. Or, yo, it's Manic. Yo, it's Problematic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it rhymes better. You know what I mean? So it just, it fit all along. You know, shout out to my ex-girlfriend. She's a bitch, but thank you for the name. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, uh, if, again, you being a food guy, uh, two food items. I want to hear a good one from you, man. I've been, I've been wanting a real, real good one from somebody. Uh, two food items that you would use to name your next single. That's a strange question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I was going to name my next single after a food, I don't know. I would say the two two things I use the most: tomato, tomato and basil. <laughs> yeah, tomato and basil, or adobo and rice, or some shit. Because <laughs> you know? we all about seasoning down here. People need to learn how to season their food. hundred uh, so, You know, but if it was just like a random song named after a food that I like, I'd say pasta vizul. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. pasta vizul is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Let me ask you something. Who's your favorite rapper? Who's my favorite rapper? Yeah. Wow. Is it uh, Pat something from Canada? <laughs> you, 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 you really got me on that because I'm a metal guy myself. I love my metal, but uh, 
I'm. It used to be Eminem. Okay. It, it used to be Eminem. Uh, now it's I don't I don't really like if if somebody asks me if I have a favorite metal or a favorite uh, a favorite rapper or a favorite uh, you know whatever it, I I honestly don't I listen to so much music that I really I really don't have a favorite. I but Jay Z, Jay Z's always had a special hot place in my heart. Uh, the, he he's he's that that guy, man. Uh, he's that guy that's just he he does he does so much for the for the world, so much for uh you know just he's just a all around amazing rap artist, you know. So uh, I would definitely. Definitely have to go with Jay Z. Definitely, there was a metal band that uh, that you could you could rap like uh, you, like Linkin Park. You see, you know, like Mike Shinoda does, uh, you know, rap for for Linkin Park. Uh, if you could do a record with uh, like that, what's that one? Uh, Judgment Night or whatever that that soundtrack. Uh, if you could do that kind of style where you mixed your rap with with uh, a metal artist, who would it be or a metal band? So I'm not too heavy into metal. Um, I would. I mean, I would say honestly, I would love to do a song with Rammstein. <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't know if they considered metal or hard rock, but like Rammstein or like Six Feet Under. But if there was a rock group in general that I would love to do a song with, it would probably be like Rage Against the Machine. Nice. I love nice. Rage Against the Machine. Linkin Park, like those bands. I like Metallica. Um, you know, I'm into rock. Like I like, uh, I do like a lot of rock. Um, but if I had to pick like, I'm not big into metal, so I can't go and throw names out there. I, like you, you probably could. Uh, right. But if I had to pick someone in the rock genre, just one band to do to do a song with, it would probably be Rage Against the Machine because that's one of my biggest sound influences. Because I have rock songs, and like you can hear that. Like when you hear uh, "Born of a Broken Man" or "Bulls on Parade" or something like that, like. Right. Those songs get me hype, you know what I mean? But Rammstein, too. Rammstein, you know, um, I like how their, their vocals just sound angry. and uh, You know, it's just it's crazy, you know what I mean? <laughs> so awesome, I man. Where can people uh, find you on social media, and where can they find your music? Well, you can get it on every, you can get my music on every digital platform you can think of. Um, I have two distribution deals and over 250 stores I'm in. Um, you could probably still find my record. I, I'm actually in one in-store. It's Karma Records in Indianapolis. Um, I pro it probably sold. I don't know if it's still there. But if you really want to find my music and you know how to spell my name, if you could read that, problematic the way it's spelled, problematicmusic.com, or you can search me on Spotify, iTunes, facebook.com slash problematic617. Uh, Problematic 617 across the board for every social media. And, uh, you know, or you can find me in Boston at fucking Burger King, bro. You know? <laughs> you know? awesome. awesome, man. Uh, so, one thing that I'm going to add, I'm adding to my show with you, with this episode, uh, I want your best roar. A lion's roar. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's that's funny. Is that like a new thing? Because it's a lion's pit. You know what it's, I mean? It's the lion's pit, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. So, you've been listening to problematic. Uh, great guy. Awesome, awesome chatting with you. Uh, I'm Andrew, and. This has been the Lion's Pit. Take care, guys.
blow will cut them like buck knives. I run the East Coast, homie, it's a blatant fact. You ain't a beast, little homie, you just made your gas. Hating Mac, cause your ties are stuck on major flats. Leave your body black with a gray tint like Raiders caps. You only idolize bosses, but you ain't calling shots. You call the cops, ain't never seen on the hardest blocks. These wanna shots see your circle, you better fall back. Sugar Shane, rain in the game, you get your jaw cracked. And we ain't trying to be murder rappers, we murder rappers. I'm talking death, your body rests in eternal blackness. Run your mouth, I'm removing your teeth like oral practice. Tony Atlas and big guns that blow your backless. Fuck with Maddox, get gun shells and lonely caskets. Clap your fam at the funeral, shot it, fold them back. Let's get it. 